Now here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. And we will continue to recognize those folks who do that later in the hour. It's the second hour of ESPN New York tonight. And yes, yeah, top stories. We begin in Fenway Park. All oh, the Mets went up there looking to get their offense going tonight. And that's just what happened. Michael Conforto got home run derby started early. Here we are. And Conforto drives one out to right field. That's deep. Back goes Verdugo to the wall. And it's out of here. Michael Conforto hits one over the bullpen in right field for a two-run homer. His first home run of the season. And the Mets jump out to a 2-0 lead. Oh, there was a lot of concern over Pete Alonso. He struggled this weekend. One, was he 1 for 11? Well, much like Conforto, he went yard in the third inning. It's a huge blow. That's driven down the left field line toward the, the monster, and that ball is out of here. Pete Alonso going deep, first home run of the season, and guess what? There was another one paging Dominic Smith. And Dom cracks one toward right center field. Back in the gap goes Verdugo, and that ball's out of here. Dom Smith clubs a three-run homer. The Mets have hit home runs in the last three innings. Conforto, Alonzo, and now Smith. And the Mets have built a 7-0 lead at Fenway. Gary Cohen with the call on SNY. The final 7-4. Michael Walker, the starter, outstanding. Changeup was dancing in and out of the strike zone. Only allowed a solo home run to Mitch Moreland. That was it. But, listen, a lot of concern about him. He pitched well. Mets win 7-4. As you know, Major League Baseball announced that two games Mondays, the Orioles-Marlins game in Miami, the Yankees-Phillies game in Philadelphia postponed. 13 members of the Marlins received positive test results for COVID-19. Here's manager Don Mattingly, who says everyone has the option to opt out of playing. Well, I mean, they can obviously refuse not to play, right? When you, I guess everybody could opt out today. But uh, again, you know, I think we're going, you know, getting down the road. But I think there are discussions. Guys are, I think, it's fair to say that guys are concerned, right, about things and that they want their feelings as part of how they're feeling about it, situations to be heard. And I think it's fair. We're talking about health. We're talking about these guys traveling back uh, to their homes and their families and their kids. And it's the reason we want to be safe. So, you know, they got a voice and they get a voice. And we're definitely going to listen uh, in, in to what's going on with them. Now, see, that's the issue I have that, yes, they should have a voice, but it should not be the final voice. And I think there needs to be an understanding, a law, uh, something where either the commissioner says something or the National League president says something or the American League president says something where, guess what? You're not playing until we figure out what's going on. Not, well, we could play, we want to play. I mean, before they, before Major League Baseball stepped in and said, you know what, you're not playing, <laughs> players were ready to take the field again. I mean, Stop. This is not the way to handle it. Should not, the final decision should not be left up to the players. Commissioner Rob Manfred was asked on Studio 21 with Tom Verducci on the MLB Network, what happens going forward to the, to the Marlins? Well, our first concern, obviously, is the health of the players and their families and making sure that we do everything possible um, to minimize the spread of the virus uh, among our employees. Um, we've been fortunate so far. We've done tens of thousands of tests. Our positive rate has been 0.4%. So we feel like the protocols 
have worked pretty well. Um, notwithstanding that fact, we have made some decisions. Um, the Miami Marlins will not play their two games in Miami tonight and tomorrow. Uh, we're doing some additional testing. If the testing results are acceptable, um, the Marlins will resume play in Baltimore on Wednesday against the Orioles. And what about the Yankees? Well, they're still in Philadelphia at the team hotel. Right now, they're expecting to play a game, maybe two at Citizens Bank Park tomorrow. We don't know. Team is waiting on the Phillies' COVID test results after coronavirus outbreak. So remember, the Marlins just played the series in Philly. Jeff Passan on Golik and Wingo. Could the MLB season be paused? Yeah, it absolutely is on the table. The, the question for Rob Manfred now is what lengths are you willing to go to to continue the season? To remember all the time that they have spent in training camp getting ready for this season, the, the huge unveiling of the season with opening day just this past week, and, and to end it right here just days into the season uh, would be an absolute gut shot for the sport. And I, I think that the league is going to do everything it can to play but if you're the Marlins and you're missing 12 of your 30 players, that's 40% of the roster. What's the competitive integrity look like there? Now, I really do wonder, and and this, you know, the, the context here matters. I really do wonder if this is different if it's the New York Yankees or the Houston Astros or the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, or even a smaller market team that is competitive. Does the fact that the Marlins were not planning on being one of the best teams this year probably were going to be pretty well below 500 even before this, make the competitive integrity argument uh, in favor of continuing the season. Let's move to the NHL. They announced today that it has not received any positive coronavirus tests over the past week. The league administered 4,256 tests to more than 800 players during that span. It's a positive sign as the NHL enters phase four in its return to play plan. 24 teams participating in the summer's tournament traveled to their hub cities, Toronto for the East, Edmonton, Alberta for the West, yesterday. Now, each team gets one exhibition game this week before meaningful games begin Saturday, August 1st. That's where you hear the Rangers right here. Here on 98.7 ESPN. NFL has no immediate plans to shift a bubble concept in response to the outbreak news about the Marlins. Instead, according to NFL Chief Medical Officer Alan Sills, the league will continue to focus on quick and efficient handling of positive tests as part of what the league now refers to as a, quote, virtual football bubble, end of quote. So let me ask you this. If, God forbid, this scenario with the Marlins happens to an NFL team, what do you do? You can't move a game. Where are you going to move the game to? You're not playing on Monday night. You're not playing on Tuesday night. You're not playing on Wednesday night. What are you doing? Do you move it to the end of the season? Oh, do you scrap the game in case you need What do you do? These are things that you need to find out. Sticking with the NFL, moving to the Jets. As you know, Jamal Adams is now a Seattle Seahawk. Jets play-by-play voice Bob Washusen joined DPH O'Canty and Rothenberg this morning to get his thoughts on the Adams trade. Well, I'm always sad when a situation like this deteriorates to the point that you feel like you have to get a player off the team. But at the same time, what they got, I mean, to me, it's almost like Joe Douglas is wearing a mask and carrying a gun when he pulled this trade off. No one thought they were going to get two ones for Jamal Adams. And they got a three and they got a player that's going to come in. And he's not Jamal Adams. If he was, he wouldn't be traded. But Bradley McDougal is at least a competent NFL starting safety, and they got two ones and a three for a non-premier position player that had sent that had shouted from the rooftops 
for the last couple of months he didn't want to be here, which you would also think would hurt his trade value. Gee, I'm Joe Douglas appealing on the Michael K. Show today. He was asked, did you ever promise Adams or his agent an extension? At no point did we ever promise uh, Jamal or his agent that we were that we were sending over a contract. So most players they rely on their their agent in in these type of discussions. And mm-hmm. you know the conversations with, with Kevin. Kevin was a first class guy, and uh, you know I certainly appreciated talking with him. But there there was never any promises in that regard to a contract coming over. Douglas was asked, "Were you reluctant to give in and trade a player demanding a trade?" Oftentimes, when you make big decisions, you do think about the precedent it sets moving forward. You know, I think um, you know we we had a lot of different plans in place, and our communication you know was was great in terms of you know with Adam with Christopher. We did have plans in place, you know, in case this opportunity didn't come available, but it did. We're just looking forward. We're just moving forward and uh, not looking back. We're just excited we, we were able to get the deal done. Joe, did you intend to keep Adams before this flurry of insults? Yeah, of course. That 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 was always that was always passed along. That you know, we had a long term plan for Jamal. You know, I think I think I communicated that uh, both in house and to the public. And uh, you know, I still I still felt that way up until the point that we you know, we we pulled the trigger on the trade. You know, there there was always a, a plan in place long term. Again, this this was just an opportunity that we felt um, really helped us in the future. Speaking of those criticisms that Adams made to the front office of the team. Did you take yours personally? You know, it's a business. You, you just you try not to take things personally. You know, obviously there is there is a reason, a tactic that what, the reason that was said, and you, you realize it, it's a business, and uh, there's a reason that that was that was said, and it didn't it didn't affect our decision making at all. All right, let's go to the NBA, where Kyrie Irving is committing 1.5 million to supplement the income of WNBA players who choose not to play this season, either for the coronavirus concerns or social justice reasons. The funds will come from the KAI Empowerment Initiative that Irving started on Monday. To be eligible for his program, WNBA players must give insight into their decisions and not be receiving salaries from any other entity. Speaking of the WNBA, Lashia Clarendon of the Liberty and Seattle's Brianna Stewart announced their season is dedicated to Brianna Taylor. You remember her, the EMS technician who was shot and killed in her Louisville apartment by police officers executing a search warrant. And that's top stories for today. Thank you, Giselle, Joel, and Kyrie.